Welcome to Building the Future, Freedom, Prosperity, and Foreign Policy, a podcast series focused on updating the United States soft power playbook to meet the hopes and aspirations of developing countries because it's in America's interest to do so. I'm Dan Rundy, Senior Vice President at CSIS. There are a lot of global challenges out there, so let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Building the Future with Dan Rundy. I'm joined today by Mr. Leo Lee, the director of the Content Lab at the Taiwan creative content agency, Taika. Taika promotes the development of Taiwan's content industries, promoting Taiwan's cultural brand around the world. Leo, thanks for doing this. You're an expert on the creative economy, and you focused much of your work on digital transformation and cultural entrepreneurship. Thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to join this podcast. We've been doing a lot of work via the CSIS Americas program, but also through the Project on Prosperity and Development around the issue of the creative economy. We've done a lot of this work thanks to our friends in Taiwan. We've been in Taiwan, we've been in India, we've been in Indonesia, and then we've done significant work in the Americas because of our partnership with Taiwan. I'm convinced that if you want to escape the middle income trap, which are all, all of Latin America wants to do, and Taiwan has done, you have to have an innovation-led economic growth. You have to have a knowledge industry. You have to have a creative economy. And so what Taiwan has to offer as compared to, say, mainland China is an example of escaping the middle income country trap and an example of innovation-led economic growth, something that all Latin American countries want. They don't want to be just selling commodities, meaning agricultural commodities, oil and gas, mineral wealth. I'm all for commodities. I'm, I'm for agricultural wealth. I'm for all forms of energy and I'm all for all forms of commodities. But that can only take you so far in your development. If you look at a country like Saudi Arabia, they're in the process of trying to escape from a commodity-driven growth model. Taiwan was able to do this from the get-go. So you, what you have to offer in Latin America is very important and very, very interesting. And we are of the view that Latin American countries need to have a deeper partnership with Taiwan, and Taiwan needs to have a deeper partnership with these countries. And it may, I think, impact the way Taiwan needs to think about how it delivers its foreign assistance going forward as it works both with allies and non-allies. That's my view, and Leo, I'm sure you'll have a view. So, so thanks for doing this. Let's start with you, though. Tell me, how did you get started in public service, Leo? And tell me about how did you get involved in the creative industry career? My service in the field of economy start with my taking an internship in the Creative Economy Project in the United Nations system about 13 years ago in 2007. But until today, I have worked in the field for a very long time. But before I joined the UNCTA, I have already made up my mind to work in the creative economy and work in the public service because it's a background of my families. I was born in a family that composed of artists, so I know a lot of people who work in these areas. My father, actually, he is a craftsman of the traditional Chinese embroideries. And like a lot of artists, they know they spend a lot of energy and life in the creations, but lack the enough understanding of marketing and they do not know how to make it business. And they have little knowledge to do, for example, the financing. They have little knowledge of the legal issues. They don't know how to protect themselves. So in many, many cases, the creative workers, they live in a very poor conditions. So my father was one of them. And although he worked as hard as other professions like lawyers and doctors, but most of them, 
they live in a very poor condition. So when I was a little child, I already made up my mind. Can I make something different? Can I change the world a little bit? So I really wish that I can be a profession that I can help to those persons who try to devote themselves in the world of culture and creative industries. If I can help them to teach them some management skills, if I can tell them how to protect their intellectual property rights, if I can show them some business management skills, they will be able to work happily and safely in their artistically creations, but also have a financially stable and safe life. So this is the very beginning of why I decided to devote myself to the management of creative industries and also in the public service sectors. And also I was a bit of lucky because I know it's very important that you have to have a very good skills and very good knowledge before you can go to help others. So then I went to the UK to learn the operation and management of creative industry in 2006. At that moment, UK is one of the leading countries to set the creative economy as a national development policies at that moment. So I was lucky I was able to study at the UK and I also met my previous supervisor. She was a very senior UN officer. She made a keynote speech in London. I met her there. So we exchanged some of our ideas and share, and we think we have a lot of sense thinking in the same common. She invited me to join her work. That is how I start my career in public service in United Nations systems. This is fantastic. This is great. Tell me about what is Taika and when was it set up? Taika is the intermediary agency that's set up by the Ministry of Culture of Taiwan in I think 2019. The purpose of Taika, of course, is very important, is trying to help and to promote the Taiwanese culture and creative content industries. As you know, I'm in charge of the content lab. The content lab is focusing on the supporting of the local cultural content creators and also to help them to use the original Taiwanese elements in their works. And also because there are some problems in Taiwan, they have the difficulty to explore their international markets. And in Taiwan, we also have the problem to assess the investments. So there are some very important key works that Taika has trying to do to increase the investments in the culture and creative industries and also to explore the international market. This is something Content Lab has been doing. As director of the Content Lab, you have a focus on emerging technologies. Could you talk about the role of emerging technologies in the creative economy and... And how are you using emerging technologies in partnership with other countries? The cultural and creative industry often the hardest hit, and it is very important. And you know, Taiwan has been very, very strong in these areas. And Taiwan has been highly digitalized countries and realized that the importance of the digitalization of culture and creative industry has a long, long time ago. Therefore, the, the government has already launched a cultural and content technology application project about four years ago in 2017. And I have been involved in this kind of very innovative project since then. And each, each year, the government spent about 100 million Taiwanese dollars. This is a very big amount of, of monies. The government trying to use this money to support the Taiwanese local creative culture industries. Because they know if you don't try to do something different, if you try to take this digital transformation, so it's very, very difficult for you to survive. For example, in this kind of crisis, everyone was isolated in their home. 
But if you, you don't know how to use the e-commerce, if you don't know how to use the digital platform to sell your product, then it will be very, very difficult for you to make your business continue to survive. Another thing maybe I can highlight in Taiwan is very important, for example, is the, the VR industries. We call it immersive experience products. So in Taiwan, we have very important company called HTC. It's the leading VR headset manufacturer in the world. And they also apply this money because they know they cannot survive only for making the hardware. So they start changing from the making the headset to making the VR contents. So they create the system and the platform. So the VR content can now be can produced systematically. Okay. So the, all the Taiwanese producers, they have been shortlisted and they will be able to use this system to create his own VR projects. And this has been seen as from other international projects. For example, like Venice Film Festivals and one of the work was present was the best VR experience award in the Venice Film Festivals. So this is already highlighted by the international communities. One of the things as director of the Content Lab, you must be interested and care about the issue of intellectual property. Could you talk a little bit about the importance of intellectual property in the context of the creative economy? I, I know that this is something that's very important, and I know Taiwan has worked on this issue. Yes, I know. I think for the legal issue, is also one of the very important problems that have been challenging for all the creative industry, I think, all around the world. This is a very difficult and serious sector. So in Taika, we also provide a legal service for everyone. If you need this kind of service, we have a, a telephone numbers that you can call. And we have a range of special lawyers. They know a lot of good knowledge in the intellectual properties. They will be able to help you to solve your problems. And we use not only for this kind of traditional service, we're also trying to apply some technologies to solve these problems. Because we know the blockchain technologies that have some capacities to solve the problems. If you know how to use the blockchain technologies, they can somehow to protect the copyrights for all the creations, for all the creators. Once you have created your projects, if you use the blockchain to protect your projects, then you will be able to trace all the transactions. The original creators, they will be able to receive a part of the revenue from every transactions. And they will be able to know where and how his project being used and being sold. And this is something Taiwan has been working on. COVID-19 has been a big disruptor, in some ways a disruptor, in some ways an accelerator for the creative economy. How has Taika been responding to the COVID-19 crisis? You referred to it a little bit earlier. In Taiwan, actually, uh, we are a bit of a different situation than the other countries. Because, you know, we have very, very strong protection for this disease. For somehow in Taiwan, we're a little bit safer than the rest of the world. In Taiwan, we can, even in the crisis, we can still go to the cinema. We can go to see the performing arts. We can still go into to see, for example, the pop music concerts. So we are a little bit different like the rest of the world. So somehow it is really a little bit slower than what the other countries been doing for a very, very quick and fast changing for their uh, digitalizing for the creative industries. But somehow, as I already said, Taiwan is a very highly digitalized country. So government already started doing something different in the previous year. We're already trying to show in some different things. And the government also trying to use technology 
to solve these problems. For example, in last year, the Ministry of Culture he launched a new app. This app is not only will be able to show in all the performing arts, all the cultural events in this app, and it also collect all the users' data. So even after crisis, for all the、uh, cultural industries, if you want to sell or promote your cultural event, you want to sell your products, you can use this app. You will be able to link and find who is the really the consumers who is loved. To share and buy and enjoy the cultural events or cultural product, even in the crisis. So, with these kind of technologies, the government create a very big database of the users. They are really the one who will spend money in these creative industries. So, even after the crisis, we will still continue to use this app. At the moment, we already have around more than three million users database in this app. We will continue to promote this kind of app. And for all the Taiwanese creators, if you want to promote your products or events, you can still use this app in the coming years. Tell me about some of the places where you are working outside of Taiwan, where you are bringing Taiwanese expertise or partnership. I'd be particularly interested in any countries in the Western Hemisphere. Yes, I think Taiwan has a very strong international communities, especially for the West ministers. For example, France. France has a very, very interesting in working with Taiwan in the cultural field, especially in the technology areas. For example, in this year, we will launch a new、uh, international cooperation with the French governments. We will、uh, launch this project called New Image. New Image Festivals is created by the French government, I think, about two years ago. And this year, we will start our first joint event. To develop local talent in the virtual reality industries, so the talent, the younger generations creators, they will be select from each countries. So we will select some、uh, very talented creator from Taiwan and France. They will also select some of very talented creator from France, and we will create some of the workshop togethers. For example, the. A French government offers、uh, young generations creators. They would love to share, or they be able to know how Taiwan is using the VR headset, how the technology in Taiwan is being using. And from Taiwan's point of view, they also love to go to the France and see how they transfer their cultural heritages into the really important product. For example, in France. They have a lot of museums. They have a collection of very important cultural heritages. How do they transfer these cultural heritages into VR experience or VR projects? So there are some project has been doing, and this project will be able to share the two different analogies from culture and the technologies, and also develop the younger generation to devote into the industries in the futures. So. Tell me about, in your mind, what you're hopeful for. Where is the future of the creative economy? Obviously, there's been a mix of art and design and technology. And you talked about VR. What are some of the the new tech, emerging technologies that you think are gonna that are gonna be really driving the future of the creative economy going forward? I think in Taiwan, we have been what we have been working in several sectors. Blockchain, what I have been mentioning, is very important. VR, AR. Also, has been mentioned is very important, and according to some very important industrial report, VR has been the most fast-growing sectors in the world for the next coming years. 
And also the artificial intelligence is also something that Taiwan has been doing and trying to find out some solutions to use in the next generations. And there are already some AI projects has been doing. For example, some writers, they use AI to create novels or create a poet. Or for example, in, in the past times, if you try to create uh, movie trailers, you may spend a lot of time. But now at the moment, you can use the AI to mo- make the movie trailers without spending a lot of time or money. And another thing in Taiwan we're also trying to do is 5G technologies and cloud computing technologies. 5G, I think, is the next trend in most of the cultural and creative technologies because at the moment, the world is becoming a very, very fast, a changing world. And people intend to use the mobile device to watching their TV programs or to listen to the music from the streaming music. And if you try to have a very high quality the videos, images from your headset, then 5G technology is must to have. And what is next for the more reliable and more interesting 5G experience that is somehow the Taiwanese government have been spend a lot of money and invest in these sectors. They're trying to find out some solutions that can be used in the cultural and creative sectors. This is something what we have been doing. Leo, thanks a lot. I so appreciate you taking the time to be with us. As you know, I'm a big fan of what Taiwan has done. Taiwan offers a model of development that other countries want to emulate. I want to strongly encourage you to, you know, I know that COVID is holding things back, but I think both with Taiwan's allies, diplomatic allies that recognize Taiwan, but also and especially with countries that don't necessarily recognize Taiwan, but want a deeper partnership, I encourage Taiwan to be even going out and doing more on this. This is such an important part of your economic and cultural and real diplomacy. So it's so great. Thanks. Thanks, Leo. And and thanks for the time today. It's my pleasure to join this podcast. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out our larger suite of CSIS podcasts from Into Africa, The Asia Chessboard, China Power, AIDS 2020, The Trade Guys, Smart Women, Smart Power, and more. You can listen to them all on major streaming platforms like iTunes and Spotify. Visit csis.org slash podcasts to see our full catalog 